Good morning, everybody. Live stream, welcome to our Sunday morning. Um, we are in a new series called Real Church, and we're going to take a slow walk through the book of Ephesians up and through uh, the fall, and uh, really excited about it. My first message a few weeks back was called Getting Real About Church Stuff, and today I want to get real about our riches. So we're going to get into the riches of grace today. I want to ask you this question. How many of you need some good news? Good news. You want, I have to tell you that I've probably watched no more than an hour's worth of news since November. I just, I just I said, bye. Bye, news. Um, and, uh, but new, there's good news. There's good news. And we're going to be looking at good news today. Uh, that's what the word gospel means. It means good news. And today, I want to continue in our series about real church and I want to give you some really good news. I've been asking God all week to inspire you. I've been asking that he would work in all of our lives, not just on Sunday, but oh yes, on Sunday, but then on every day, every day that ends in the letter Y, I pray that the Holy Spirit works in our life. And what I would like him to do is to open our eyes so we can see what God wants to show us and be what God wants to do through us. I want to talk to you about getting real about the riches. Before I go into the first passage we're going to look at today, uh, as I was putting this message together over the past couple weeks, I was reminded about a scene that I love in one of my favorite movies, Tombstone. Any Tombstone lovers out there, right? The, uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it, the, the last scene in Tombstone, Wyatt Earp has said goodbye to his best friend, Doc Holliday, who is dying of tuberculosis. Wyatt Earp is in a really low moment. He's been through tough battles. He lost one of his brothers in a gun battle, and he lost his best friend, Doc Holliday. And he, and he let a woman walk out of his life, and, uh, and so he's all alone now, and he travels to Colorado where he knows this woman is, and she's a singer, an actress, an entertainer. And at the end of her performance, Wyatt finds her in her dressing room, and he tells her this. He looks at her, and he says... I have nothing to offer you. I have no money. I have no property. I have no land. I don't even have a name. I have nothing. But if you will come with me, I promise I will love you for the rest of your life. And she looks and smiles real big and says, Wyatt, don't worry. My parents are rich. I love that scene. I love that scene. My brothers and my sisters, allow me to tell you this good thing. If you have repented of a life of sin, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, if you have knelt by faith at the foot of his cross and allowed the blood of Jesus to wash over you, if you believe with all your heart that God raised his son Jesus from the dead and you've accepted him into your life, you are already rich. You're already rich. My brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but the past year... For everybody else in the world, maybe not you, has been really rough. Would you agree with that? In all kinds of ways, right? Well, here's the good news. In spite of all that roughness, in spite of the warfare that we have been in, God still loves us deeply, and regardless of what you're feeling right now, regardless of what you feel like you are right now, regardless of what is going on in your life, regardless of what isn't going on in your life. I'm here to tell you today, don't worry, sister. Don't worry, brother. Your father has made you rich. Rich. And today we're going to get real about the riches of God. I'm going to ask you to stand up one more time. We're going to pray, and then we're going to remain standing for the reading of the Word of God. So I want you to join me in prayer right now. Set your heart in agreement with God's Word right now. Yes. Heavenly Father, I don't want to cease to ever give you thanks for my brothers and sisters of the Lighthouse of Hope Church. And we pray right now for every church in this region, for every one of my brothers and my sisters preaching the gospel this morning. Every church that's gathering in this area, in this region, we ask your blessing. Lord, when I think about the faith that people in this church have in you and the love they have for one another, I want to continue to mention them before you and ask you, God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know you better. I pray that you would turn the floodlight 
on in our heart so that the eyes of our heart could know the hope of our calling, that we would know the riches of the glory of our inheritance that we already have as your people, and that we would know the greatness of your power that is coming toward us who believe. And that that power that we would realize is exactly like the power that raised your son from the tomb. And not only raised him from the tomb, but raised him up high above all things to be seated in power at your right hand. I pray that every one of us would understand that where Jesus is, we are. And that who Jesus is, by faith, we are in this world. And Lord, that we would see that even as you have placed all things under his feet, that we would see ourselves as your body on the earth, the fullness of you who fills all in all. And Lord, that you would grant us to understand, as I preach today, the unfathomable unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. And you would bring these mysteries to light in all of our life. And for that, we'll give you glory and praise in the name of Jesus. And if anyone's ready to have church today, would you say amen? Amen. 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 Remain standing, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy... Here's an idea. Why don't you read it out loud with me? Let's all say the word of God together. Ready? But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Stop. Look at your neighbor and say, why don't you smile about it? Ready? Look at, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up here. I'm up here. We're, re- we're reading about the will. We're all millionaires in the spirit. Uh, by grace are we saved. Come on now. We're not those people. Look at him again. Why don't you smile? Here we go. Ready? And raised us up with him <laughs> and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow. Can you give God a a big hallelujah? Yeah. Now, before you're seated, look at your neighbor and say, don't worry about it. You're rich. You may be seated. You may be seated. Keep, hey, hey, will you keep that, keep that verse up on the screen? Keep, Keep that verse up on the screen. Keep that verse up on the screen. I want you, I want you to, I want you to, I want you to see, I want you to see the yellow highlighted words, okay? What, what this says is, is that God has already accomplished these things for us. And they are past tense, meaning they are already, they've already been accomplished and they're presently having a lasting effect on his people. He loved us. That doesn't mean he doesn't love us anymore. He did something and showed his love for us that has a continual lasting effect. He made us alive together in Christ. He raised us, past tense, raised us up with him. Do you know where Jesus is? He is seated in power at the right hand of God Almighty. And it says he raised us up with him and it says seated us with him him. I'm so excited about next week's message that I'm going to have to push it back from preaching it this week, but I'll just give you a little uh, teaser. It's going to be called, Can I Help You Find Your Seat? Because where we are really seated is in Christ at the right hand power of God Almighty. Okay? Just wanted to throw that out there for you. And then, and then it, look, and then it shifts tense. See where it says might show? That's, that's, he did all this so that he could do this. And it says that he might show, show, meaning make it alive, make it real. The surpassing riches. I mean, riches beyond riches. Wouldn't you just love to be like that? But more, there's more. Riches in his kindness toward us. That means God is always coming toward us always reaching toward us. The honey is flowing, the river is flowing, the spirit is here. That's who we are. That's what I want to talk about. And that, okay, so let's go on. 
The king of heaven has already released his riches. Think of this mindset change. He's already released his riches. Ephesians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Just look at that. Past tense has already done it. Every spiritual blessing. Us. Us. From the least to the greatest. If you just received Jesus this morning, all blessings are on you in heavenly places. What blessings? What riches? I want you to sit back in your seat of grace and look and listen as I read these blessings Christ has already created and activated for us, right? But if someone has just put $100 million in your checking account and you don't activate it, it's like you don't have anything in your account. Isn't that right? If he's put $100 million in your checking account and you just stay home and don't go there and just say, God, would you please give me $100 million? I, I can't. I already did. Oh, but please, could you please? I already did. Paul is like, I keep praying because your eyes have to remain open. Right? He's already, he's already accomplished this for us if we've been saved. I want you to hear and see what God has done. Next slide. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's go back. Sorry. If I go wrong, you, get, you stay right because I went wrong. You're right. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Here's the first one. Just as he chose us in him, past tense, before the world was made, that we would be holy and blameless before him. All right? So when I say, Lord, make me holy and blameless, he's like, I already have. I already have. The moment you said yes to Jesus, you were put in a position, and then we have to walk it out and become what we already are positionally, holy and blameless in his sight already. Here's the next thing. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ to himself. He loved us so much that he worked out a plan so that every person who is a Christian and will be a Christian will someday come into a moment where, by the grace of God, they say yes to Jesus Christ. And did he want to do that? It says yes, according to the kind intention of his will. What kind of God must he be? To the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved, in the one he loves, in Jesus. When he looks at us, he is freely bestowing, giving out this unmerited favor toward us constantly. Constantly. Don't worry, brother. Your father has made you rich. Next one. In him, in Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Redemption is a power word that the Romans understood because it was used for the price that would be paid to free a slave. And what Paul is saying is, he's using that that, that that would trigger in the minds of the Roman Empire, the people of the Roman Empire, that what God did is he didn't set you free with gold or silver, but with the blood of his own son. And that redemption gives us forgiveness of our trespasses. And how forgiven am I? I am forgiven according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. The word lavish is a Greek word that means downpour. It means an abundant saturation. Here's the type of forgiveness that he has already placed you in, and me, whether you feel it or not. Positionally, you are in an, a, a saturated state of forgiveness because of Jesus' blood. Is that good? And then he goes on to say more. In all wisdom and insight, he made known to us the mystery of his will. And does he want to do that? Yeah, according to the kind intention of his will. You and I, look here, you and I 
have answers inside our spirit mind that we've yet to discover. The Holy Spirit in us already has answers to mysteries about the steps and the future of our life. And he wants to dis- us to discover them with him. I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere with this. I want to show you what's in your life account already because it's so important we know this because we can't transition and be the people God wants us to be without knowing this. Because we don't know this, we believe something else. Because we have another preacher who is constantly saying something else to us. Let's keep going. Here's the mystery summed up all things in Christ. He wants to sum up all things in Christ, things in the heavens and things on the earth. In other words, God is passionately, constantly at work trying to bring people to his son. And he wants to use us to bring people to his son. He wants to use us to show people his son. Let's keep going. In him also, we have obtained an inheritance. Oh, man. Having been predestined according to his purpose. In other words, God had a purpose, and, he, and, 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 and the destiny of your life in Christ is that you walk right into it. According to the purpose who works all things after the counsel of his will. Whatever is going on in your life, if you're in Christ, even if it's terrible, he can make that thing work out to bring glory to his name and glory through your life. Right? Next, in him also. There's more. Next. After listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, now look at this, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise. That means you have the Holy, you have the whole Holy Spirit when you believe. Not part of the Holy Spirit. You have the whole Holy Spirit the moment you believe it. And who is he? He is a guarantee he is an engagement ring on, 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 the, on your soul. A promise from God that you are his, and when he comes, he will pull you out of here. And it's a promise. It's an absolute signed, sealed, and delivered promise. Is that good news? That's good news. To the praise of his glory, the riches that are yours, the riches that are mine, the riches to all who are in Christ. So, I want to put I want to put a I want to put a slide up here that shows you just in a, just encapsulate th- these these blessings. Let's go. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you these questions and I want you to answer with the words that Jesus declared on the cross when he said it is finished, and I want to hear it from the back row to the front row, holy and blameless before Him. Adopted into his family, set free from all bondage, recreated to bring him glory, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, my grandson, Graham, likes me to pick him up by his feet, hold him upside down, and do TikTok. (laughs) Swing him. And we do it, and he laughs. And when I'm done doing it, he looks at me and goes, more? (laughs) Let's Let's do it again. Holy and blameless before him. Do you really believe that? Are you adopted into his family? Set free from bondage? You're supposed to say it is finished. It is finished. It's finished. It's already accomplished. Set free from all bondage? Recreated to bring him glory? Come on now. Are you trying to tell me that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit? Are you sure? It is yeah, but what about that weakness in your life? Are you really saved? And so you got, you got lower, didn't you? <laughs> See? Are you holy and blameless before him? Come on. Are you really a, a daughter of God? A son? Are you truly set free? 
Are you destined, recreated to bring glory to God? Hmm. Do you have to get saved every week? Does the Holy Spirit jump out of you every time you have a bad thought? Did the Holy Spirit jump out of you when you argued with your spouse on the way to church? Do you have to get saved every week? I didn't hear many people. Let's keep going. We have to mind, M-I-N-D, we have to mind the riches to grow up in the metaphors. Now, for those of you who don't know what the metaphors are talking about, in my first message, I said we have to get real about the metaphors. In the, there are six metaphors that describe the church of Jesus Christ in the letter to the Ephesian church. Paul is trying to get us to understand that all the metaphors are real. Here they are. We are the church of Jesus Christ is the body of Jesus on the earth. There is no other body on the earth but the church. There is no other. We are the hands and the feet of Jesus. There is no other Jesus on the earth but the church. The metaphor is real. Okay? That's one. The second one, the second one is temple. The building is only a temple if the people God is building are in the building. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, every single one of us. And the more temples that gather together, the more manifestation of the power of Jesus and the glory of Jesus. We are the temple. That metaphor is real. We are the living presence of Jesus Christ in the Spirit on the earth. We are a family, brothers and sisters. If the metaphors aren't real, then we just are an audience. And we think fellowship means we waved at somebody on Sunday. But if you're really a brother, you're really a sister, that means that you know probably more people in the church than I know. Especially in the quadrant that you sit in. Because if I was out there, I would have my, my locational seat. It might not be exactly the same seat every week, but it would be in the same location. You know why? Because we always do the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again, right? Have you ever gotten into your location, your geographical location of where God ordained for you to sit here and realize that a strange group has entered your domain? Without permission. What's up with that? Right? We, 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 we can get in a mindset that will, that will cause us to not operate in the metaphors of family. Right? Flock. We hear, we're fed and led. We're fed and led. We're fed and led. We're sheep. Not one, sheep. Fed and led. We are a bride, the bride of Christ. That's real. You have an engagement ring on. And we're in, we in a time of walking pure before the Lord, in holiness before the Lord, anticipating the coming of the bridegroom and living our lives in such a way that people want to us to invite them to the wedding of the Lamb. And we're an army. And we're not here to fight about covid I'm so bored with that. We're not here to plant our flag and split the country up over whether masks should or shouldn't be worn. That's the devil. That's the devil. Let me tell you, I've looked in the letters of Peter, James, and John who lived during the time of the first beast. In 1 Peter and 2 Peter, there isn't one political statement made about what the church is supposed to speak about the politics of their day. Oh, yeah, there is one thing. It says, honor the emperor. God told me, if you want to know how to walk through this darkness, bury yourself in the epistles of Peter, James, and John who lived during the time of the first Antichrist and just stay right there. Don't take the bait and to get into other things because we'll, we will separate half the country from us whom God wants to hear something way more important than what's going on about Trump or Biden or Afghanistan. Turn it 
off, friend. I promise you, if something bad happens, you won't miss it. If something, you cannot walk in the Spirit. You can't walk in the Spirit and listen to that 24 hours a day. There's no way. There's no way. I tried. I tried. God set me free of that. I don't want to ever go into that garbage again. I want to know what Jesus is wanting to do. Not what Sean Hannity wants us to do. I want to know what Jesus wants us to do. Not what Rachel Maddow wants us to do. I want to know what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus. I don't know if he's a Republican or not. I don't know if he's a Democrat or not. Right? This is me getting myself back on track. Okay. We have to mind the riches. Mind. What's our mind on? We have to mind the riches to grow up in the metaphors. I'll tell you what God wants us to be. He wants us to be a representation of Jesus Christ in the earth right now. He wants us to be a family of love that creates a climate of acceptance for the greatest to the least. Amen over here? I heard it over here. Amen on this side? Are you, are you CNN and your Fox News? Which ones are you? Amen? Climate of acceptance? Are Democrats allowed to be a part of our church? Are Republicans? Can, can Christians who aren't sure what they believe about climate change, can they be in our worship band? Or is that the deal breaker? Is that the deal breaker? You know it is with people? They don't say it out loud. But in there it is. We have to mind. Does anybody know I'm preaching well today? Yes. We need to mind the metaphors. Here's what Paul said. Now, grace was given to each one of us. What, how much grace? Well, only according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's the only. Now, I'll tell you what. The measure of grace that Jesus gives is greater than the measure of ch- grace that church gives. The measure of grace that Jesus gives is greater than the measure of grace that I'll give. I want to get to a place in my life where the measure of grace that I give is exactly the measure of grace that Jesus gives. So somebody's got to get off the throne. Somebody's got to get out from behind the wheel if that's going to happen. Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. When did that happen? When he ascended on high, he took captives captive. All of us were bound in sin and death and lies and deception and disease of heart. And he captivated us, pulled us out of that bondage, and took us with him to be in a better bondage. Bound to Jesus. Come on now. Bound to Jesus. Best kind of slavery around. Just being bound to Jesus. That's right. Because you're not a slave of anything then. And he gave gifts to people. Paul says, let this mind be in you. That means we have to choose to. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Why? Because now I'm going to preach the sermon. We are called to be a living expression of both the character of Jesus and the ministry power of Jesus. Stay with me. I'm not going to tell you what news station I watch. I told you I don't watch them anymore. This is why I'm getting this message, because I turned it off. We are to be a living expression of the character of Jesus and the ministry power of Jesus. Let me talk about that for a minute. And if we don't have that mindset, if our mind is captured by the spirit of the age, right, center, or left, it's still the world. I said it's still the world. Jesus is not trying to create an army to go kill people from other countries. 
Jesus is trying to save Palestinians and Iranians and Saudis and Muslims and Pakistanis and blacks and whites and transgenders. Jesus wants to save them. If we don't have that mindset and get seated in our mindset, next week we're going to talk about how ushers need to help us to get back to our seats. I'm kind of doing that already today. Our minds will hinder us from growing in the Spirit. And if we're not growing in the Spirit, we're not releasing the character of Jesus. Nor are we releasing the power of Jesus. And you know what? I didn't say anything in that that you didn't already know. Every week I preach pretty much everything you already know. It's not that we don't know. It's not that we don't know that's the problem. It's let this mind be set. All right? We can grow in the character of Jesus. What's the character of Jesus? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, there is no law. You're never going to be sinning walking in kindness, never going to be sinning walking in goodness, never going to be sinning in patience, never going to be sinning in faithfulness. That's Jesus. That's the evidence, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? The evidence of Jesus is the spiritual fruit of love, joy. Jesus is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That is who he is. We are called to release the character of Jesus. So all those political uh, hot buttons that I talked about, do them all if you do them with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, meekness, temperance, and faith. Do them, with, do them all then. But if, but if you have to lay any of that Aside, that's not Jesus. It's not Jesus. And man, raise your hand if the more you listen to that stuff, the more like Jesus you feel in your soul. <laughs> Don't tell me you didn't look at your political enemy and go, you jerk, at least once in your life under your breath. Right? Because that's the fruit of that. Yeah. You know what the fruit of Jesus is? The Proverbs say that the righteous are a tree of life. The righteous are a tree of life. You know what a tree of life is? It's different than the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That kills you and kills others. Good and evil knowledge kills. Tree of life is leaves that bring healing to the nations. The righteous are a tree of life. The fruit of the Spirit enhances the influence of Jesus where he wants to influence. Jesus Christ walked into a triggered, oppressive, unjust, unjust world and drew the people that the church repels to himself. Exactly. But we are called to release the character of Jesus and release the power of Jesus. Listen, the power of Jesus is not the fruit of the Spirit, it's the gifts of the Spirit. Listen, in 1 Corinthians 12, Paul lists nine manifestation gifts of power. Dunamis is the word. Power. In other words, God doing something that natural man by their intelligence and their charisma cannot do. Jesus operated fully through the gifts of the Holy Spirit working through his life. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, the word uh, 
healing, uh, miracles, words of prophecy. When, when are these things being? What will be the sign? And he just goes through this long uh, discourse telling us from, the, from that moment to the very end of time. That's, the, that's prophetic unction coming out of him. He would be able to look into the synagogue and know what was in the thoughts of the Pharisees. He knew what was in their hearts. And he said, why are you saying these things? And that's the word of knowledge. He lived in that. Guess what? When that demonic man from Gadara who was bound by 1,000 demons, came to Jesus. He didn't, of course Jesus was kind. Of course Jesus was good. Of course Jesus was loving. Of course Jesus was compassionate. But he drove the demon out with his power, not his character. It's not one or the other. If we want the power to flow out of us purely, we will be of the character of Jesus. But... You can't drive darkness out of cities with kindness only. You need a power that's stronger than the darkness. Is anybody listening to me today? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth means he clothed him with the Holy Spirit and power, and he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Right, But then he says to the 12 and then to the 70, I delegate power to you. You go and preach. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, open the eyes of the blind, cast out devils. And they came back and they said, Lord, that blew our minds. Even demons were subject to us, to us, in your name. And then, before he ascended to the Father, he said, go into all the world Preach the gospel to all creation. Make disciples. Now listen, teach them to obey everything I commanded you. Everything. Love one another, love your enemies, do good, give. But he also said, lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, open the eyes of the blind, right? There's character and there's power. And then he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he said, I will be with you until the end of the age. Let me ask you, did Simon Peter, is he still living today? No. So he didn't live to the end of the age, did he? But Jesus said to tell them, to tell us, that Jesus would be with us to the very end of the age. To do what? To do what? Just release his character? or in his character, release his power. And I ask you this again, who is the body, who is the body of Jesus Christ? Do you have to drive 300 miles to find one person who has power to heal the sick? That's the problem. The problem is the mindset. Is it all right if I preach it at church today? The mindset. The mindset is to convince you that you have the little Jesus and a few elite people have the big Jesus. We all have the same Jesus. The fruit of the Holy Spirit releases the heart of Jesus. The gifts of the Holy Spirit release the hands of Jesus. Man, the Holy Spirit's in this place right now. Mm. Next slide. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, here's what we're to do. Be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The word can be interchanged for spirit there with attitude. Have, having an attitude of your mind that's renewed to this. What, what, put on the new self. Who is that? The new self is Jesus. Put on the new self, which was created, past tense, According to God's likeness. Have you ever just read the Bible and went, what did that just say? And the devil goes, did God really say to you that you're just in the likeness of God? You, Tim McGregor? You? I know what you think. I know your attitudes. I know your this is. I know your that's. He's wanting to talk me and you out of actually believing that we're clothed with the power of Jesus. 
Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. So here's, here's a helpful practice that I've been doing for the last six months. Let me show you what I do. Next slide. If I'm going to be rich, if I'm going to be rich, and what I mean by being rich is saturated in my spirit with the presence of Jesus that I believe when I go out into my world that I am representing Jesus, character, and empower. So I get up in the morning with my Excalibur, and what I do about the riches, I pray them. I pray them. And I've been doing this every morning for like six months. I'll take Ephesians 1, and I'll do it like this. Father, I thank you that you are releasing grace and peace to me right now. I set my heart to believe that I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places with Jesus. You chose me, and I choose to believe that. Before time began, and Lord, I'm going to believe that even though you're still working on me, and I got a lot of work that needs to be done in me, but positionally right now, before you, I am holy and without blame. This is how I, I say it to God, like I'm talking to God. I believe that when I was that little kid, eight years old, riding a spider bike around Fort Hill High School, before I knew you, you knew me. And you started planning your word just like you did with Esther in my heart when I was that age. Because you knew that when I turned 17 and I got turned on to you, that when I went home that afternoon, I started quoting chapters of the Bible that I hadn't even read since I was eight years old. Because that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me. I said, that's what happened to me. And I want to thank you that you have kind intentions of your will toward me. So therefore, when I have these waves that tell me I'm not good enough, that I have this wrong with me and I have that wrong with me and why people make fun of this, blah, 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 I'm going to choose to say that's what God thinks because this right here, I'm just going to set my heart today, I'm going to set my mind today, that you have been kind, you will great intentions toward me. This will change your prayer life. I believe that you've set me free by the blood of your son, that the forgiveness in my life is according to a downpour of the rains of God's heaven. Lord, I believe that I have the Holy Spirit. I believe that somewhere in my day and in the days to come, there are going to be God appointments set up. So I'm going to set my eyes. I'm going to set my eyes when I go into Martin's looking for green beans, that you might also have a plan bigger than green beans when I go into Martin's. There might be a man lame in his soul at the beautiful gate, and it doesn't look like a beautiful gate. He's lame in his soul, and he's walking out of Martin's, and I don't know him, but all of a sudden something says to me, say hi to that guy. And then the next thing you know, you're talking to him about Jesus on the cross. And then the next thing you know, God's just made a beautiful gate out of your trip to Martin's to get green beans. So I take my Excalibur, and I tell you, I've been doing that every day, every day, every day. What about the rest of the Bible? Hey, I got to get, don't worry about the Antichrist if we're not rooted in Jesus Christ. Let's get rooted in Jesus Christ. I pray them, and then I say them. Eulogy. The word blessed in the Greek, blessed is the Lord and the blessings, eulogeo, eulogeo, a prefix eu means good, logeo is a form of the word word, that means this, God blesses through his spoken word. Every blessing in your spirit in your life comes from God's word. It's the eulego of God to you and me. God declares things over us, and Jesus Christ is the living expression of those things, and in Christ we are blessed. We are in the eulogy. Now, here's the sad thing about us in the world. We, we save our eulogies for people to when they can't hear them, when they're dead. I've heard some of the greatest things about people, and I remember thinking, I've thought different times, I wonder if that person told them that when they were living. We go to people's funerals and then we tell what we really thought of them and it was all good and we all sit there and cry and think, man, this is great, this guy, I didn't even know him, I didn't even know that, I wish I would have known that. Did you ever leave a funeral and go, man, I wish I'd have known that person like that? Can you imagine if we eulogize people from spiritual death to life? 
Can you imagine as a teacher in your school, you go in there every morning anointed of God set in your mind and you just eulogize those students every day. Did you get that, Ryan? Every day. God takes us when we're dead and speaks words on us that bring us to life. So we eulogize, we say these words, and then we see them. This is the most powerful thing, and I wish I had more time. The most powerful thing, we see them. It's the, it's the Eucharist of God, communion. We're gonna t- you got this? We're going to do this in a minute. But listen, we think of communion a lot of times just between us and God, but communion is about us. He's blessed us, us, us. Here's, here's, a, here's a real breakthrough. Man, if, if, if we get what I'm about to say right now, If we get what I'm about to say right now, we're going to create a great big problem in our church. And that problem is going to be this. We're not going to have anywhere for people to sit. Because this was what I'm going to tell you right now is what is, is the missing piece. Seeing people through the Eucharist eyes of God. Where we, God, God said to Abraham, I will be a God to all your descendants of faith. And he says through Jeremiah, I'm sorry, I, I'm preaching 10 messages in one, I can't help it. I didn't get to preach last week. God says to Jeremiah, listen, he says, I will, no one's going to have to tell these people you got to know God because they'll all know me. And the Hebrew word means intimately know. You'll know, right? You'll know. When Tyler talked about that grandma that quotes in the 91st Psalm, that's my mother. I know her, right? You know her. You know she's my mom, but you don't know her like I know her. Some of you do. You don't have to teach people in the new covenant to know, because they'll all know me from the least to the greatest. He used this phrase, from the least to the greatest. I'll be merciful to their iniquity and remember their sin no more. Here's what he's saying. Do you get the least? In God's eyes, there are no least. But in our eyes, there are least and great. And what God is trying to say, I don't want you to see least and great. I want to tell you that I'm going to be as great to the least that you see as I am to the great that you see. Did somebody hear what I just said? That means from the word go. If somebody is all screwed up on the outside like we are on the inside, all screwed up, and they come to Jesus at the very moment... They, are, they have the same righteousness in the eyes of God the Father as he sees in his own son. And if the church would see the least like that, the world would change. The world would change. Now, for us to do that, we have to do what Ann Voskamp says in her book, 1,000 Gifts. She says, a life that contemplates the blessings of Christ becomes a life acting in the love of Christ. We contemplate the blessings, we live out the love. When we see the least, if we practice, which is the hardest part of learning, we will find that it is training us into the essence of transformation. Isn't that powerful? What is going to happen in my life and in your life if I set my mind on the riches that I already have in Christ. I wrote these down for you. They will enhance my worship experience. If I come before God and say, God, I know that I am but a worm and I've come here so you can watch me squirm. You don't have any confidence to believe that you're that the hand of faith that you put on somebody will release the power of the healing virtue of Jesus. You're not even worthy to sing, shout to the Lord or oceans. And, and you're, let's praise our hands. How can I raise my hands? I sinned on Thursday, right? Or I got mad at somebody. Or If the accuser can get you out of the it is finished category, your worship is dying. If you set your mind in the riches... It enhances your worship. It not only does that, it enlarges your confidence. It enlarges your confidence. If you're gifted, if you're gifted and you know it, you don't sit in the back and don't show it. If you're gifted and you know it, you have a confidence to step in it because it's God's gift in your life. What else? It will add value in your view of brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. 
Over this past year, so many things have happened. I've said things, you've said things, we've all thought things, I've heard things and read things that break your heart. People say the church is a joke and the church isn't this, the church isn't that. Listen, as soon as you start criticizing the church, the one thing you're doing is the thing Jesus never does. Never. Nope. Set your mind in the riches will view our brothers and sisters the same. It will also create a deeper love for his church because you know what? Here's what Jesus thinks of the church. He died for it once and he'd die for it again. He died. He speaks words of blessing over it to wash her. It's his bride. It's his bride. And what else will it do? It will birth a new love in your heart for the lost. Because listen, when, when, when you and I have the floodlight go on in our heart about the kind intention of the will of God toward us, toward us, toward me, what? What? What one good thing do I have that hasn't been given to me from God? But listen. When Jesus walked on this earth, he knew that he was missing something that everybody else had, and it broke his heart. Not because he wanted it. It broke his heart because he knew they had it, and they were us. He knew that in every person on the earth but him, even those who had an intention of doing good had a bent in them that would pervert the, even the good they wanted to do. And even in the good people of the earth, they had a part in their, in their will, they or all of us, that wanted to do the bad. And he was the only one on the earth that knew he was the only one that didn't have that. And the reason he can be merciful to everyone is because we were all born like that. So when there's a part of society that thinks in their mind, I was born this way, and we slam them down, don't be too quick to slam, because the way we were all born warps the way we think. And some are warped to think about some things different and other things different, but all of us, apart from his mercy and grace and truth, are warped. And we can't break that thing. We can't get out of that thing. And when you find out the riches of God for you that you didn't earn and they're lavishing down on you and me, how can we look at people who cannot save themselves in a way that condemns them and we feel we're not compelled to reach them? You know, I found about a lot of people that are wealthy, just the people I know. Now, there are, there's people I don't know they are wealthy. I can't think of one wealthy person that I know that isn't one of the most generous people that I know. There's a stigma, there's a stigma on wealthy people where they just keep it. Every wealthy person I know is, are, are the most generous people I know. Some people, when they, when they realize where their riches have come from, want to give them away. Because they, 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 they know it's the goodness of God. When we see ourselves through the eyes like this, it will birth a new love for the lost. Oh, man, 53 minutes. All right. This is why Paul prayed this prayer over and over again. I never stop giving thanks for you. Look at the attitude he had about the church. Let's go to the next slide, please. I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would keep giving you. It's not a one-time thing. It's the tense in the Greek is continual. Keep giving you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may, here's what, know the hope of his calling the wealth of the glorious inheritance, the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us, according to the work of his mighty strength. 
He prayed that over and over. He prayed that all the time because he knew how important it was for the people of God to see themselves as the people of God, rich in the grace and power of Jesus. On Thursday, I was walking through my house and praying for Sunday. And the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, Tim, whatever you say Sunday, when you're done saying what you say, (laughs) tell them this is what I want. I want to release upon every person that will be in that room on Sunday who feel they are the least worthy. Go to the next slide, please. A rich acceptance, a rich freedom, a rich forgiveness, and a rich sealing. He spoke to my heart and said, I'm going to, I'm going to create an environment on Sunday where my power is going to be so strong Take your cup. Take the lid off. I'm going to create an environment in this service. This is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me to say. My power is going to be so strong, and it's going to be offered to everybody, but I want those especially who think and feel the least worthy to experience a rich acceptance, a rich freedom, a rich forgiveness, and a rich sealing. Do you have the bread? Break it and take it. Flip your cup over. Let's go to the the blood. In Jesus' name, would you drink it with me? I asked God if this was uh, his will to have a train come by right at this moment. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, No. The Holy Spirit is already bearing witness with this. I want everybody to stand, please. I'm going to ask. Jesus was in a service in a synagogue. And the Pharisees were there to watch him because they thought he was breaking Sabbath rules. And so Jesus sees a man who has, a, who has a, a, a withered hand. And Jesus knows, if I heal this man on the Sabbath, if I ask him to get out of his seat and come up to where I am in front of all these people, something good's going to happen for him, but something bad's going to happen to me. So you know what he did? Take two guesses. He looked at the man, he said, come up here. He said, stretch your hand out in front of everybody. And that man did, and immediately his hand was made completely whole. And the Bible thumpers in the crowd went insane and plotted to kill Jesus. Because Satan never wants anyone to get set free and become a testimony that God is really working in their life. All over this room right now, The Holy Spirit is saturating this place with his presence. And I want to ask you, would you put that slide back up? I want to to ask you, would you come up here and stand and believe that God created this moment to saturate you with a realization of how deeply accepted you are by him. Where he would impart something into your soul today where you would no longer walk in that waywardness of does God love me, does he love me? Does God love me or does he treat me like my friends? Does God love And he would settle that with an impartation of his grace. If you, if you long for that, I'm here to tell you that God promised me that he would impart that. So if you need a rich acceptance, you can stay out there. God's everywhere. He might move. 
But if you move by faith, God will honor you. So I'd like you to come and stand. If you, if you are battling with chains, if you're battling with thoughts, if you're in a traffic jam in the soul that doesn't seem to stop ever, and you feel like there's a war that never has a respite moment, if you feel like the fire of temptation is always greater than the fire of the Holy Spirit, and you would like an impartation of a realization of how freely delivered you are, would you come? If you still carry, if you still carry things in your life of regrets, of sins that you've asked Jesus to forgive you probably a thousand times by now, and every time he did, he did it the first time, and he's not mad at you. It's because you don't see the power of his blood. And you, like me at times, have entertained the accuser to such a degree that it has become second nature. He promised me today that there would be a quickening power of the Holy Spirit. That he would, re- that he would saturate your soul in a feeling of forgiveness. Would you step out of your seat and come and stand in the presence of that grace? And this, he promised, look at this, come on, man, come on up, come up, find a place, find a place, come up around the altar, come up around the altar. Here's one more. The Holy Spirit. Jesus said, John the Baptist said this, I baptize you in water. Some of us got baptized in water last week, right? John the Baptist said, I baptize you in water for the forgiveness of your sins, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. If you long to have an impartation of the power of the Holy Spirit, Hey, if you watching, you need all that. Stand up wherever you are unless you're driving. Stand up in your room. Hold out your hands and say to God, Lord, I want to have a realization of acceptance or freedom or forgiveness or sealing or all of the above. Get ready. Get ready. I want everybody in this room that believes that Jesus is alive and he's not just a, a, a figment of an imagination or a person of the past, but he's in this room right now. He's in this room right now and the waters are stirred and the spirit is moving and he is going to, he's going to touch people all over this place. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus, your son, died on Calvary's cross and said it is finished whosoever will may come and take of the water of life without cost and i thank you that you poured out the holy spirit into the church in every generation wonderful holy spirit wonderful friend of the church helper wherever we allow your lordship there is complete liberty we give you complete liberty to bring the Lordship of Jesus Christ over every person at this altar right now. And we pray, God, right now for an impartation of acceptance. We pray right now, Lord, for a freedom like some of these people have never known in their life right now. A freedom like they've never known in their life. A freedom, an emancipation, a forgiveness, a forgiveness. God just said How do you say this? You think that the sin You think that the you think that the sin that you struggle with is so dark that if you confessed it to your friends who love you that they would not love you again. But he is telling me to tell you 
that there is no sin too dark to stop him from completely embracing you with his grace. And right now, whoever you are, whoever you are, whatever that is, he has broken it off your life right now. He's broken it off your life. It is completely, completely broken. You are absolutely, totally, completely delivered from that chain. It's gone. It's gone right now. It's gone in the name of Jesus. It's gone. It's gone. You're not a second class, third class, back row. You're front row seated with Jesus Christ. Right now, you're fully accepted in his love. Fully accepted. You're free. You are free indeed. And Heavenly Father, I pray for a mighty baptism. We had baptisms in water last week. I pray that there would be a baptism in the Holy Spirit all through this sanctuary right now. All through this sanctuary right now. All through this sanctuary, Spirit of God, fall fresh on your people. Fall fresh on your people. Fall fresh on your people, Lord. Fall fresh on your people. On every family, on every parent, on every man, every woman. Fall fresh on your people. Fall fresh on our city, Lord. Fall fresh on every church. Fall fresh on this region. God, let us have a revival that no one's ever seen before. Let us have an awakening that no one's ever known before. That can't even be described. Lord, send it out. Send it out through the internet. Send it out on our live stream. Send it out to people who will listen and watch later in the week. Send this message out. Find somebody we don't even know who they are. Find somebody from another state, from another country, and set them on fire with the glory of God. We pray. I want you to stand at this altar, and I want the, the Holy Spirit is going to saturate you. I want to walk around and pray with people. If you're a brother in the Lord, if you're a sister in the Lord, you're a member, you're, you're a leader of our church, and you feel led of God to come and, and, and pray for people with me, come do that with me right now. Devin and, uh, and Brooke are going to close the service, but don't close the service if God hasn't told you to go yet. And let the Holy Spirit work in your life. Let him work in your life in Jesus' name.